for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Good everyone and welcome to today's Living Life and this first day of September. Hopefully things are starting to cool a little bit for you. Uh, though in Sydney, things will be starting to get a little warmer uh, right now, which would also be well, nice for them, not so nice for us here in the Northern Hemisphere. Now today we come to Judges chapter 12 and you know there's a phrase that I learned from one of our former lead pastors here at OEM, four small words uh, that have really stayed with me and my wife as well and we kind of talk about it once in a while when we notice things, see things within ourselves and around us as well and these four words are hurt people or hurt people hurt people. Right? It sounds like a rhyme or like a tongue twister, but taken slowly, people who have been hurt also hurt other people. Hurt people hurt people. And this is the phrase that I remembered when I was reading through the story of Jephthah, one of uh, the judges uh, in the Old Testament. And it's a very tragic story. The entire story kind of almost reads like a um, what is it? Um, Shakespearean tragedy kind of a thing. And something that we learn, I think, today in this passage is the need of a savior, uh, not just on a national level, a savior of the nation and the people of Israel, but also individual and personal savior as well. So let's read the passage and then we'll continue. <music> Judges chapter 12, verses 1 through 15. The Ephraimite forces were called out, and they crossed over to Zephon. They said to Jephthah, Why did you go to fight the Ammonites without calling us to go with you? We're going to burn down your house over your head. Jephthah answered, I and my people were engaged in a great struggle with the Ammonites, and although I called, you didn't save me out of their hands. When I saw that you wouldn't help, I took my life in my hands and crossed over to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gave me the victory over them. Now, why have you come up today to fight me? Jephthah then called together the men of Gilead and fought against Ephraim. The Gileadites struck them down because the Ephraimites had said, You Gileadites are renegades from Ephraim and Manasseh. The Gileadites captured the fords of the Jordan leading to Ephraim, and whenever a survivor of Ephraim said, Let me cross over, the men of Gilead asked him, Are you an Ephraimite? If he replied no, they said, All right, say Shibboleth. If he said Sibboleth, because he could not pronounce the word correctly, they seized him and killed him at the fords of the Jordan. Forty-two thousand Ephraimites were killed at that time. Jephthah led Israel six years. Then Jephthah the Gileadite died and was buried in a town in Gilead. After him, Ibzan of Bethlehem led Israel. He had thirty sons and thirty daughters. He gave his daughters away in marriage to those outside his clan, and for his sons he brought in thirty young women as wives from outside his clan. 
Ibzan led Israel seven years. Then Ibzan died and was buried in Bethlehem. After him, Elon the Zebulonite led Israel ten years. Then Elon died and was buried in Aijanon in the land of Zebulun. After him, Abdon son of Hillel from Pirathon led Israel. He had forty sons and thirty grandsons who rode on seventy donkeys. He led Israel eight years. Then Abdon son of Hillel died and was buried at Pirathon in Ephraim, in the hill country of the Amalekites. Now, to set the stage and to give you another reminder of the context of the book of Judges, it is basically a time of godlessness. Um, while we're not going to take away responsibility from people, especially Jephthah, uh, we see that Jephthah is a product of his past. He was born of his father's sexual promiscuity. We read this in chapter 11, verse 1. His mother, it says very clearly and simply that his mother is a prostitute. And he was raised, but he was raised in his father's house with his half-brothers. Now, we don't know how many there were, but it seems like at least a couple. And you can just imagine them, imagine them like ganging up on poor Jephthah and bullying him to no end, which would have, so it has to be quite a few because Jephthah, it says, was a warrior. He was a fighter. So for him to be driven away, uh, uh, away and out of the house, there must have been a lot of half-brothers. So they hated him, these half-brothers, and they eventually were able to drive him away from the house. Now, we also see the dramatic vow uh, in the second half, like yesterday's passage, um, that led to Jephthah making his own daughter into a human sacrifice. Now, I wanted to choose the wording of my sentence carefully because, you know, in some sense, like it could take away from the impact of what happened, right? Of what he did to and with his own flesh and blood, his daughter, his daughter. I, I mean, I have two daughters, I cannot imagine. But he made his daughter into a human sacrifice, right? Because of his rash and brash vow that he made. Now, this is against what God said. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 29 to 31, it expressly says here, for the God says, I want you to drive away all the inhabitants of the land because I do not want you to do what they do. And one of the things that mentioned here is, at the end here it says, they even burn their sons and daughters as sacrifices to their gods, small g, gods. And this is what Jephthah, a judge of God, of the people of Israel, ends up doing. So Israel is pretty much doing everything that God told them not to do, while not doing anything that God told them to do. And all the sins and mistakes of Jephthah, and even his father and uh, family, continues to come to bear in the conclusion of the story of Jephthah in chapter 12, today's passage. So, Hurt people who are without God, people who have been hurt and they are without God, they go on to hurt even more people and sometimes in even more dramatic ways and greater ways as well. And it's not just Jephthah who is at fault. The Ephraimites are upset because Jephthah got all the glory of victory for himself, or so they think. And so the Ephraimites, uh, Ephraimites come and they taunt um, and goad Jephthah into like, you know, doing something crazy basically because they know him, right? They're like of the same kind of area and clan. And the NIV says that you, uh, 
Gileadites are renegades from Ephraim and Manasseh. The NLT says, you fugitives. Now, this is the literal, you know, what it says in the Hebrew, but the euphemism behind this, it's actually kind of an idiom. The euphemism is basically, you illegitimate sons of Ephraim and Manasseh you illegitimate sons. Basically, and I'm, I'm, excuse me for using this word, this, I'm using this in the technical sense, they were calling um, Jephthah and his soldiers, his men, you bastards, right? That's the technical definition of that word. It's not just a cuss word, you illegitimate sons. Now remember, that's exactly what Jephthah is. So they were goading him. They were trying to incite him into doing something crazy, and he did. And just as Jephthah was hated, scorned, and probably abused, and driven, by his, driven away by his own blood, his half-brothers, Jephthah and his men slaughtered 42,000 of their own kinsmen. The Ephraimites, were, they were kinsmen. They were you know, relatives, right? Because Gilead was of the house of Ephraim. Over what? Hurt pride? and some insults. And you see that God is not in this battle between these two clansmen uh, and kinsmen. Our salvation through Jesus Christ also saves us from the bondage of sin and, what, and, sin and its consequence, consequences as we see in the life of Jephthah. So that hurt people can find solace and restoration in God instead of hurt, hurting other people and wanting to take revenge for ourselves. Now, we really don't know what is good for ourselves because we have our self-interest and we think that is the best, but that is not the best policy. Love is the greatest way, as the Bible says. Throughout the book of Judges, we see a rapid downward spiral of a people who have been rescued by God by, in a miraculous way, by Yahweh, who told them, you know, do this because if you don't, this bad, you know, bad things are going to happen, but the sinful nature of people. And, you know, as the Israelites show, uh, through their leaders, even the judges, they were unable to follow. They did, they did not follow that. The judges were never meant to rule as kings. But again and again, that's exactly what we see. Ibzan and his 60 children um, that, he, you know, that he used to form alliances throughout Israel, you know, marrying them. And then... Um, the next um, judge, we also see the 40 sons and 30 grandsons, you know, riding around on their donkeys, you know, flaunting their wealth and prestige, basically living like royalty. We see that Israel didn't just need saving from foreign powers or armies, they needed saving from themselves, which is exactly what we need today as well. So we need a savior and we need saving. But I know that a lot of you, um, maybe even most of you watching today right now, are already Christians. You are believers. You are watching this because you want to grow uh, in your Christ-likeness and in your discipleship and your walk with God. So when I say that we need salvation, it may not hit you as much. But I also want to say that we, want, we need salvation from our hurts. And I know for sure that you have many hurts from your past, uh, especially from even your childhood, uh, your upbringing. There may be abuses, uh, just horrible, 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 I don't know why I can't say that word today, horrible abuses that you have had to endure through. And I'm saying that God 
can save you from even your hurts so that you will not pass on that hurt to other people. Uh, and the, how do we do that, right? That's kind of the question always. Um, it may sound easier than doable, but it's in the same as we gain salvation for our souls, which is surrender. We need to come to God with our hurt and lay them on the altar to be sacrificed, to be surrendered before God in all honesty. So today, let's search our hearts and think about the hurts that may be driving us to certain actions and attitudes and lay them before God. Can we do that? Let's pray. Uh, God, we thank you for your word, O oh Lord. And um, even through uh, this tragic story of the judge of Jephthah, um, we learn and we can grow closer to you. We pray that we will not make uh, the same kind of mistakes, uh, even to the same uh, intensity as we have read. But Lord, uh, may we come to you with all our hurts, uh, even with past abuses, uh, things that are completely horrible to talk about and even think about. We want to lay them before you, God. You are the great healer, the healer of our souls and the healer of our hurts as well. So help us today uh, to learn to come to you with our hurts, to be restored and to be saved from our hurts as well. We thank you. And all these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.